0: value proposition for these tools is only going to get stronger and stronger. The moral ethical dilemmas will get blurrier and blurrier, but it seems as if not going to stop getting better at the goal, which is content. This is
1: The E-Commerce Leader, a show for you, the owner of a thriving online business. In this shorter episode, we bring you our hot takes on topical and central e-commerce subjects, fresh from our expert panel, Chris Green, Jason Miles, Kyle Hamer, and myself. Let's jump in. Today's sponsor is Eva, the most intelligent Amazon scaling toolkit online. Amazon sellers need exact, quick-to-read profit reports. Many sellers already pay a lot of money for these. Eva has world-class finance analytics with crystal-clear graphs included at no extra cost. Eva serves hundreds of seven-figure sellers, averaging a 51% increase in profits. To get a 15-day free trial, just go to AmazingFBA.com forward slash Eva. That's AmazingFBA. We're
0: super excited to talk about today's topic, which is whether content writing tools that are robot-driven, the AI-type content tools, whether that's a good idea or not, is it the wave of the future, and should we start to use them in our own businesses? I'm broaching this subject today selfishly because I was just presented with a wonderful AppSumo deal, Pepper for just $99. And I've never had one of these content AI tools before. And I'm thinking to myself, dang, this thing writes eBooks, it writes blog articles, it writes headlines, it writes product descriptions. And I'm wondering whether it is a good kind of use automation to help speed up my writing process. Because for me, the value proposition is, if this thing can make me faster in terms of content production, then it's certainly something that I should be looking into. So I open the floor to you guys. I know some of you have used AI type writing tools and do for your teams and others of you have it. So, Kyle, you want to kick it off? Because I think you're the one who's got the most experience in terms of using these. Give us your two cents. Yeah, for sure.
2: My team uses a version of an AI writer called Jasper. Uh, It used to be called Jarvis, but I think they might have gotten a little trouble with Disney over copyright infringement. But it's now Jasper.ai. It's an interesting tool. I found it to really be effective at driving ideas and concepts and angles uh, and creating blog posts and just speeding it up. So I played with it a little bit and then just turned it over to the team. And they've been kicking out blog post content for the website. And I was able to write. I say write. I didn't, I just put in some commands. How it works is you give it a topic, right? And then you punch out some commands. And typically, at least with the Jasper, it's run off what they call recipes, right? So they have a series of commands where you give it a topic and then you're like, write the intro and it'll give you an introduction. And then you run it as an outline form and it just clunks in content. So I found it to be fairly efficient in generating content. Now, is it going to be the highest quality writing you've ever seen? I would say no but for the purpose of creating blog content for a website it does what it needs to do there's a little bit of tweaking that you have to do and sometimes it gets into a bit of a loop and repeats itself so that but they have some like hack commands and stuff you can do that to actually force it to actually generate new streams of writing that's how do you think about it writes in streams and sometimes you have to tell it hey you know don't use that stream Try something different, like really reengineer something new. So, from a time standpoint, I would say definitely sped stuff up. But the other thing is, it's only gonna. Uh, the caveats are: I think it's only operates as good as the content and topics you give it. And also, I think over time they have a tendency to learn what you want. As you say, yes, I like this content, or no, I don't like this content. And so it'll actually get smarter as you progress with it as well. But I've found it to be a useful tool to speed up blog post creation for sure. Wow.
0: All right. Super cool. Michael or Chris, what are your thoughts?
1: So I've got a couple of thoughts. I've used a tool quite recently actually. I guess it's now becoming a it's monkey see monkey do, isn't it? Suddenly everyone's creating tools to do the same thing as they tend to use a tool called Renotes, which is slightly different in that it's there to create blog posts for podcasters specifically. But I really you just take a recording of any video interview or chat to somebody for that matter a meeting and it will create meet notes out of it. I didn't find them bad. In the end, I wasn't quite persuaded to to part with whatever it was a month, not a lot, because I just felt here's the thing, and I'd be very interested to hear from you, Kyle, about this. This. There's always a process of the beginning and end of the process rather than the middle, which everyone obsessed about. Just writing itself is one thing, but you know, it's like this podcast. Now, what topics are we going to choose? If you choose a good topic, there's an energy around it. There's a buzz around it. There's a question of keyword research that goes into it. That's part of it. It's a question of knowing your industry and having a feel for the latest or and or doing some actual due diligence to check that's out there and then at the other end of it when you've got something i've had filipino guys writing me stuff for years for the blog posts which aren't really high level but they're basically mini blog posts and i end up doing quite a bit of editing if i'm more ambitious for some of the content in which case then i want to look at the total time taken the total cost and the system as a whole of which the middle may be a machine and it may be a human but i think it. My experience it doesn't make quite as much difference as I expected mm-hmm. it to make.
3: So there you go. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Chris, thoughts on this? Have you ever delved into such things?
3: I haven't gotten into it personally. I've heard of some people using it for blog posts and that type of content. Yeah, I worry that the average reader isn't going to be able to differentiate between AI written content and actual person written content. And that's only going to get worse. It's probably... I do not say it's fairly easy now. People write in different styles where you'd say, oh, this looks like James Clear wrote this versus an AI wrote it. But in the future, could you say write this in James Clear style? And the AI has been fed all of James Clear's books. I don't know. I worry about that. And I worry about, you know, authenticity on the internet. So people know something came from Jason Miles or not, right? And mm-hmm. what stuff are you going to claim is this is my content, my writing? I actually created this versus I kind of created this. I just told this bot what to do and it does a good enough job kind of thing. So the, it's going to get blurry between being yeah. able to tell what's real and what's not. And I I don't know. I hope that humanity can remain somehow unique where it's like, yeah, that's all good and stuff, but it's not the same as <laughs> a real like, person.
0: You've taken this to the next level, which is the moral implications. <laughs> it's so great. Not just the moral,
3: but being able to differentiate, right? Like yeah. when people have trouble...
0: yeah telling
3: what's real and what's not yeah. which a lot of times doesn't matter it well but when it matters is when yeah. it comes to things that people take action on what people believe about the world that yeah. can be potentially problematic
0: yeah it's an interesting question and uh, so the way i was thinking about this topic as i was pondering whether to spend 99 dollars to get pepper.ai which is really not um, about the money it's about is it the right like tool to use. The thinking in my mind was that I was flashing back to when I started blogging. My first blog was called marketing on pinterest.com. My first blog that did anything or winning. that was over 10 years ago because my book that I did that was, came out of that was Pinterest Power. That was literally 10 years ago yesterday that it was published. But I got that book deal because over my Christmas holiday vacation, I did, I think it was like 22 articles in two weeks. And I wrote those like a maniac because at the time, no one was talking about marketing on Pinterest. And I got the domain name marketing on Pinterest. And I just started knocking out the most obvious ideas related to marketing, adapted and created in the context of what Pinterest is and how it works and all of that and what we were doing to make it work on Pinterest. And we had authenticity in that regard. And so the articles weren't, complicated. And I'm thinking to myself now, if I had Pepper or Jasper, how much faster could I have done that? Because it wasn't really rocket science. And people who were reading the content didn't really, they just wanted help. They just wanted like, how does this work? How do you wrap your mind around marketing on Pinterest? And so so that was the thinking I was doing the other day as I was wondering about this. I do think your question that you raised is a good one. I would say if I had an AI writing tool, I would own the content as the writer because I would feed it the topic. I would give it its ultimate outcome, whether it's a long form blog post or ebook or whatever. And then I would obviously do a lot of my own re-edit. And then for my process, I would give it to my, my technical editor and she uses Grammarly Pro as one of her steps. So it would end up being authentic content. It would just be aided by AI, I guess you could say in that regard as I'm thinking it through the process. Yeah.
1: Wow. There's so much this brings to mind for me. So, so a couple of th- thoughts in response to this, uh, but first of all, great topic because it raises a lot more questions than just the immediate thing, isn't it? First of all, I'm, um, Question of authenticity. And I guess that's always been a thing. that have been ghostwriters probably for a long time, but certainly they've existed for a long time. Who write stuff. And when you see some celebrity, who, you know, mention no no names in case they're lawyers on the net. But you think, yeah, that person can't string a sentence together. They've definitely had a ghostwriter work on their biography. But the other thing that strikes me is this. So back in the day, you had a fairly open market there, Jason, of people who were looking for stuff on pinterest so there was demand there was no supply of information so you supplied it and i guess that's a bit like amazon in 2014 with certain product categories it reminds you of my experience there and then to do that now here's the thing it's an arms race isn't it if if you bring a knife to a gunfight as you were saying then you're in trouble but if you have a bunch of what i see out of there a lot with blog posts that i read is a lot of there's a certain sort of style of Filipino english if i may say that and i've got some fantastic assistants over there so i'm not dissing anyone but there's a certain style the language which comes across which isn't to me as a native english speaker great and then ai is probably going to develop its own kind of lack of style but to your point Chris, mm. like being able to identify a personal style is a differentiation factor just as a striking logo and beautiful visual design is on a marketplace like amazon for your physical product and i think that being able to cut through the noise is still gonna is going to be more important than ever if everyone's churning out ten articles a day instead of one using there's,
0: AI. There's two bits there that I think are important to unt- untangle. The first bit, the availability of content about a topic. Now, because what I learned in working with the McGraw Hill, I've done three books with them, and one has been second edition, so four cycles of through books. What I learned with them is those professional East Coast. Big publishers, their acquisition editors are on the hunt for new topics. And to such a degree that I didn't really understand that they're looking for fresh, new, interesting angles in whatever the domain or niche is that they acquire books. And so for me, 10 years ago, that was Pinterest because it was a clean, green field. No one was talking about it, and they knew it was hot. TikTok was three, four years ago. I was asked to write a book for TikTok Power. They wanted me to write that. I decided not to do it because I'm not a TikTok user. And I just didn't I didn't have the, the vibe for it. But there's a difference between green field uh, content strategies where there's nobody talking about something and super saturated. And the difference nowadays, I think, is fields go from green to, I guess they use the economic terms, the tragedy, of the commons, which is all muddy Pasture land that's been destroyed very quickly. You could have a topic. Let's just say there's a brand new tool, uh, and uh, let's say it's TikTok, and they've got a hundred million users inside of a year or two, and no one's talking about marketing on TikTok. And then, of course, you've got five thousand <laughs> marketers who all are in the pursuit of content books webinars, courses, lectures, all of the ways in which you monetize that type of content. Nowadays, that arms race, as you describe it, is literally like months or weeks. Whereas 10 years ago, I had, I think, three, three to six months where I had a monopoly on marketing on Pinterest as a topic. And then, of course, what happened was, as all things do, the biggest internet publishers took away my key phrase ranks and my, my authority in the in the topic because they're bigger and bigger reach so that's a different issue than is it your own authentic voice or that kind of thing but anyway all that to say i think there's a lot here to geek out over absolutely
2: it is interesting though you can actually with jasper tell it if you want it in a certain tone like you can say joe rogan or Optimus prime honestly like cartoon characters because what they did with that, with the AI, is they actually took 10% of the written internet and loaded it into their AI engine. And that's way more data than any human can really process. And so, what it's trying to do is try to figure out different patterns to be able to communicate. And I think as these systems get more and more sophisticated, they're going to be faster, more efficient, and probably more persuasive in their writing than we are because they're going okay. to be look at the writing that's worked successfully mm-hmm. across the internet and just incorporated at a much faster pace. And so yeah. I think where we go from a future standpoint is I think AI is going to be doing a lot more of the copywriting. It's probably going to be a lot more of the image creation as well. I can definitely see a day and it's already starting to take place now where you have AI that's that's looking at the images that work well for an ad gathering the best information about it now it'll then be able to create that version of the graphic for it and then write the content for the ad and do it in real time i think you're going to come a day where you're going to get customized you think it was a problem that facebook understood what you liked and targeted you with that imagine if you had custom built ads directly for you as the consumer i think that's where it's going to be going to and i think ai and the content writing piece of it is going to drive that as we
3: move into the future yeah
1: Interesting. It, it feels a bit like some kind of slightly dystopian. I don't know, if sort of Blade Runner springs to mind or something like people screaming ads at you as you run through this sort of LA full of armed gangs. I don't know. It sounds a bit yeah. scarily efficient. I guess, on the other hand, if you're on the marketing side of it, it sounds kind of an amazing opportunity. Chris, do you have a really dark view of this? You were implying earlier that you felt uneasy about it somehow.
3: There's a the light side and a dark side to all of it. You can be a white hat marketer and do all the things because you have a product that you know will bring value to your potential customers. And that's why you're telling them about it. Or you can be a salesman and use techniques of persuasion and get people to buy something that they don't need. And I just hope more of it is on the side of, hey, this allows me to create more content, better content for all the good things instead of... Because as someone who's published books for the past 12 years or so, it's going to be easy where anybody can publish a book on any topic. And hey, write this book about starting a side business in the tone of gary v and all of a sudden they've got a book published with like fairly good content and they don't actually have any knowledge of what they're doing and yeah i'm not trying to be negative on it but i this is where i tell my kids like this is why nfts nfts in a sense not this is exactly an nft application but like certifies yes this came from chris green from jason miles from, gary Vaynerchuk, from James Clare, versus, hey, this really looks like it came from Gary Vee, but doesn't have that stamp on it. doesn't have that blue check. It doesn't have the NFT, whatever is out there to like really authenticate what's real and what's yeah, I obviously not real, but auto-generated, not pure content from an individual. And so those so things have to be sorted out before I go and teach everybody how to write an AI book and then set up a funnel.
1: It reminds me of the world of rare musical instruments, which I'm sure is true for other antiques, but I'm not versed in them. Like a rare violin had a flat that you had a violin made in the 18th century somewhere. And it was worth about 15,000 pounds then, probably about 30,000 now. I mean, they're incredibly valuable things. But so what, 40,000 bucks or 30,000 bucks, depending on when you're listening and what the market's done to my currency. But if it had been authenticated as a whatever the name of the maker was, it would have been worth four times as much almost basically a certificate or a pasted name or anything like that so to your point chris that there are there is going to become some kind of a a secondary market in authentication of is this written by ai using gary v's voice rather like that guy used the same kind of pattern for making a violin or is that actually gary Vee? this is a very interesting point and i think as a marketing point it's going to be more and more authenticity is going to be even more at a premium than it is now anyway my thoughts yeah
0: It's interesting. I guess the way I was metabolizing these ideas and topics was my point of reference between my own, just grinding it out on topics and writing was our implementation of Grammarly. So Grammarly is an interesting tool. If you haven't checked it out, it's really it's it takes the best elements of Microsoft Word where you can, you know auto-correct things and spell check and stuff like that, punctuation, correction. And it really leans into that so far. It's amazing. And it has features like Kyle described where you can have tone applied to your writing. But what it does is it perfects your own content. and I, And I have a technical editor that when I write, she'll read. And then when I'm writing in a confused way, she'll just make a comment and say, hey, this is confusing. But she'll also correct all the obvious stuff. And it was probably a couple years ago where I had poked around with Grammarly, and then I just said to her, "Let's just get Grammarly Pro, and you can run it through Grammarly Pro, and then still do your process. But the Grammarly Pro stuff fixes all of and really fine tunes for punctuation, grammar, that that kind of issue in the writing process. So to me, that top. If you think about your Writing is like a multi-level kind of effort. The Grammarly work polishes the final product, but the guts of it was still all your own choices. This would take the, this would go further down into the creation process, which is what's interesting to me as a, an aid or a tool. And so I, I think that's how I've been thinking about this is do, you know, do I wanna go deeper? Now I will say that with Grammarly, it will, I guess what you could say, genericize your writing. Like one time I had a manuscript that she put through Grammarly and she did all of the supposed or proposed changes to my writing. And it took my sentences that I thought were interesting, had a hook or a writing tone that was really catchy, little short phrases or repetition deliberately, stuff like that. And it just obliterated all that stuff because it made it more standardized writing. And when I read it back, I was like, what happened to all my good stuff? Like felt super generic. And so I told her in our process, we had to tune that up so that my stylistic choices didn't get butchered out in the process. So this is what I'm thinking about as I think about adding pepper or Jasper to the next step. And I think I'm going to do it and see how it goes. And, uh, you know, so that's how I'm thinking about this stuff.
1: Great. So uh, We do
0: a sort of oh, round yeah, the ahead.
1: table wrap up or oh, sorry,
2: come. Yeah, I think it, it, you, it's a tool like anything else, right? And any tool requires you to invest some time and energy into mastering it and figuring out how to make it work for you. So I think in between the time before all the AI is doing all the marketing in the world, and now <laughs> you have the ability to leverage those tools as best and try to give yourself an edge in in whatever you're using it for. So I think it's it's just like any other piece of software and you use in your business. So have a plan to use it, play with it, get good at it, leverage it, see if it actually provides value for it. And if it does, great. If not, you scrap it. I think that's the mindset. But you don't want to bury your head in the sand. I think you want to be aware of what's happening in terms of the advertising space with AI because it's already all around you, not even beyond just the tools for writing, but in analytics and in, in all the stuff, the way Amazon uses AI in its business for analyzing data in advertising, there's already a lot of AI driven stuff and it'll continue to be more. So it's already becoming more and more part of everyday marketing. And I think it's so we understand it and we're utilizing it in our business that just allows us to be on the leading edge of where we need to be, be competitive.
0: Love it.
3: Final thoughts? So someone should make a kind of an AI-driven Amazon product page generator. Say, so look at the best-selling products. Look at the ones that convert the most. Look at the ones with the best reviews, with the lowest return rate, and yeah, make me a listing and complete with lifestyle images uh, and everything. And if it's a good product, hey, go for it. It's- I like that as more of a commercial application versus attaching personality to something. If you're gonna write with AI, you gotta disclose it. You gotta say, yeah, this is so gonna be weird. It's gonna be interesting. Because so you got content, you got you, like Kyle said, you got images, you're gonna have a video, and it's not gonna be long. You say, Hey, make me a 20-second you know, Gary V Instagram video about this topic. And it's gonna have Gary V. in it as a video. It's gonna be convincing. Deep fake of his face. That's the- that's not that far away. And as society has trouble like you, discerning what's real and not real, what's true and what's false on things like social media and any type of content, this is going to be worrisome if people are not well-versed in skepticism and withholding judgment. And you know what? I'm not sure I have an opinion on that until I get some more information. That's going to be problematic. And if AI contributes to that, that is honestly something I worry about. Yeah, for sure. Skepticism and not having an opinion.
1: Yeah, that doesn't sound like any <laughs> social media platform I've ever been on. You for realize sure. <laughs>
3: how refreshing it is to go off topic, to say, you know what? I, I know you asked me my opinion on that, but I don't have enough information to make an informed opinion on that. And that's the end of the conversation. That's where yeah. more things need to be, especially when it comes yeah. to AI. Hey, I read this, but let me for verify. Sure. Let me validate. Let me go to a trusted source. Let me go to a blue checked, NFT verified, actual expert in the topic to say, hey, do you agree with this or not agree? Is this a good source? Should I pay attention to this? Yep. We need more of that across the board. Definitely, Amen to that. Sure. Definitely. If which, you want to learn more about AI,
2: I want you to I go to my, to my new website, <laughs> ischrisgreenandai.com. That is my... No, I'm just kidding. That site Great. doesn't exist yet.
1: I love the fact we're going to witness the, the first <laughs> podcast in which somebody live sues somebody else on air for misappropriating <laughs> their identity. That's beautiful. Love it. The other obvious call to action is possibly more conventionally to go and get some actual expert help from somebody if you need some help. So I suppose we ought to mention where people can get that if they want to do that.
0: Yeah, let me just mention final thoughts. The other consideration on my mind is the cost structure. Pepper.ai is $99 lifetime for tier three service. I just looked at Jasper. It's basically, I think $39 a month for the lowest tier. But then you evaluate that compared to what if you did have a full-time copywriter that was based in the Philippines or somewhere else? So maybe that's a 400 to $800 a month outsourced expense. And then what if you were doing it yourself and just grinding it out yourself? What's your hourly rate worth? And so that's a different consideration, I think that's really important. And I think as these tools get better and better, it's gonna be, first of all, it'll probably end up being somebody will make a free tool. So you they'll eliminate the cost structure and then they'll sell you on something else, their educational products or membership or something like that. But I think the value proposition for these tools is only gonna get stronger and stronger. The moral ethical dilemmas Chris is describing will get blurrier and blurrier, but there seems as if not gonna stop getting better at the goal, which is content. So anyway, that's my final takeaway is that's another consideration to think about. And I appreciate you guys' perspective on all this. It's really an interesting topic to dive into.
1: Yeah, it's been great. I suppose I feel like I can't end a podcast without a simple um, call to action, which is get us in human form before the robots fake us over there at Spotify (laughs) and Apple and other places where you can consume your podcast. And yeah, really interesting discussion. I like that a lot. Thanks, guys. That was the E Commerce Leader podcast with Michael Veazey in London, England, and Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. If you liked this content, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app. For free resources, including PDFs and videos on topics like traffic, products, and sales channels, just go to www.theecommerceleader.com. No hyphens, just as it sounds. Thanks so much for listening.